high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, the Oilers started in the gales of November, but the beaver moon stilled the waters and made the sun want to shine. And believe it or not, tonight, if they win, they will be 7-7-0 in November. Unbelievable. One of the truly baffling, unusual, bizarre months I've ever seen in watching the National Hockey League over, I don't really want to say how many years, but it's more than 50. Wow. What? What a month for the Edmonton Oilers. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great name. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. We're available at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. That's 1-833-401-1440. And we're on Twitter, at Low Tide, and at Declan Kruger. I got that wrong yesterday, and uh, that was a whooping. You heard about it. Wow. I didn't let you forget. I mean, but you know, you know it's, it is, I'll give you credit. It is, a, it is a tough transition. You go from the Picasso of producing Connor Halley to little old me, I'd make that mistake too. Yeah, I don't, I'm not buying any of that premise. What <laughs> I did was I wrote it down and then I forgot to replace it on the one day. Because I know, I, like I, Connor and I are friends. We've known each other for a long time. And uh, he's, a, he's a radio, a, a broadcast lifer. I don't know where Connor's going in his life. But I know that he'll do something with broadcasting in his life. I, he has he has made he's got a, a footprint in the door. You could still win the lottery. You could still be um, headhunted by some I don't know television fame swimming live type event thingy. Maybe you'd end up doing that. A lot of doors, a lot of windows. Maybe I'll get into rapping. I don't know. It was so polarizing yesterday. I feel like that could be a good avenue to go How down. often can you get a job rapping around Christmas, I guess, at the big department stores? <laughs> that was quick. That well, was quick. Not that was really. Good. It's an old joke. You see, if you hang around long enough, the old jokes become new again, and then you can, you can impress people. But, I mean, really, it's only Declan. Our guest today will be joined by Spruce Grove Saints. Uh, uh, co- this is going to be an interesting uh, conversation. I'm sorry. We're going to be joined by Sherwood Park Crusaders coach Brennan Menard. Um, they're a good team. And they're within spitting distance of Brooks, and that is a real positive. Uh, they've had a good run here in November. And, boy, they got a hell of a lot of number of recruits for college and coming in for their team. So we'll talk to him about the AJHL, what it's like, whether the, you know, because they had a really good November. They're in second place in the league, but you really can't ever, you know, relax. So we'll talk to him about that. Rachel Dory from the Staff and Graph podcast. She's moved her research. We're going to find out where it went. And she also had a great point about when you, when you score a goal and then it gets called back because of an offside and how long ago was it. And at some point in time, she has suggested it's her idea. And I think it's brilliant. You just say, well, it's too long ago. The, the time has elapsed, and we'll talk about that. I know you'll, you'll all agree that it's a great idea. And we'll also have bagged milk from what is nation here. So it's a very busy day. Uh, do you have any, like, have you started Christmas shopping, or do you bother? I No, I do bother, but I haven't started. I always leave it too late, and every year I tell my birthday is everything, and every year I tell myself I'm going to get ahead of the curve this time, and I still haven't. I will. I have a lot of people to shop for. So When is your birthday? My birthday, March. Okay. So um, we have to make a deal that we're not buying each other anything for a good birthday. 
or Ferber Christmas. Okay. Because, and the only reason I say that is I, because I'm old and I have various things that people have given me I could just wrap up and give you. I have more wherewithal probably than you do to do this, but I don't need another whatever it is. Okay. So I don't, I love Christmas. I love, I love baby Jesus. I love turkey. I love it all, but I do not want to burden you and I don't want to burden me with that gift. Okay. If you buy me one, I will cut you. Do you not understand? even like a bottle of eggnog or something? No, I do okay. not want. I do, look, do I look like I need a bottle of eggnog? I am walking eggnog. You look like you'd like a bottle of eggnog. Listen, I'm, uh, egg, rum and eggnog is very good. I've had it many times. But I'm not going to get it for you. Well, thank you for that. Okay. I appreciate you so much for that. And people say, oh, that's all. It isn't awful. If you have a family of 12, pick a name. Because it, the spirit of Christmas is watching Charlie Brown Christmas, watching It's a Wonderful Life, making sure mom has a new fridge and stove, those are the important things. The rest is, uh, you know, just hooliganism. Right? I mean, if you need... I, I get new socks every year. What The best gift, by the way. Yes. The best. Because you get new socks every year. Yes. Yeah. I got black ones last year. After 15 years of white ones, the kids got me black ones. I like, I like both. Ankle socks, high socks, whatever it is. Socks I like those little gift. socks that just go over your heel. What are those called? Like ankle socks. I right? like those. Yeah, those I didn't great. think I'd like those. For years and years and years, my kids and my wife had them, but I didn't have them. Now I love them. Yeah, I wear those basically every day. And like socks are a gift you get when you're 10 years old and you're just, you're like, what the heck is going on here? Mm. And you get them now and oh my goodness. Yeah. Best gift ever. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Crown Royal is the best gift ever. I mean, i just be honest with you. All right. McDavid stays hot. Oilers win. That's the thing. That's how this team has percolated since 2015. I'll tell you, the key it's not genius, but it does work to a point. The Oilers' formula has been get a really good goaltender to stop as many pucks as possible. Cam Talbot, Mike Smith, Stuart Skinner. Get three veteran defensemen. Oscar Kleppbaum, Adam Larson, Andrew Sekera, Darnell Nurse, Cody Ceci, Matias Echo. They got another one. They have they have four now in Brett Gulak. And you play as tight as you can, and you you hope Connor McDavid outscores the opposition, and he often does. So McDavid staying hot is a big key to this team. My perception of McDavid versus Winnipeg is that he doesn't do well, but the truth is in 30 games during his career in the regular season, he has 53 points. So what do I know? The mind, the mind is a terrible thing to waste, but it also... The mind lies to you. How many things today, Declan, will your brain tell you negative about yourself? Well, you can't do that. You're typing too loud. Oh, my God, you blew that. That that update was the worst update. I thought you were supposed to be getting better. The brain yeah. does that, right? Oh, for sure. I would say probably, you know, four or five times today, which is actually pretty low, I think. Well, it's early. Yeah. Um, I'm having a coffee. So here's the deal. The, the mind does that to you about about facts and figures, too. Like, I thought, boy, McDavid, he never really does very well. And I think it's because of the playoffs they had, right? Remember that? But McDavid does very well against Winnipeg. Oilers scouts, uh, they, they watch Columbus and the Montreal Canadiens. I'm thinking goalie, Elvis Merzlikens, or Samuel Montembeau. It'll be Montembeau because I can't pronounce his name. Anytime there's a player who has a, a name I can't pronounce, he immediately gets traded to the Oilers. It's the Victor Foss thrill. Victor Foss almost kill me. 
He dearly did. I was very close to giving up the industry and collecting bottles and cans. Maybe a blue liner, maybe, because Columbus does have an extra or two. But you've got to upgrade, right? The last couple of days, I've been saying the Oilers need, as an example, Daniel Vladar, maybe somebody like Ivan Barbashev and Chris Tanev. The, so you've got a, a two-way forward for the third line, a second-pairing right defenseman, and then you have a goaltender who can spell or, or co-number one with Stuart Skinner. And you're like, well, that's $11 million low tide. And I get that. I understand. But there are ways around that because I've mentioned the names, but you can get other names who do the same thing or could do the same thing. You know, I mentioned this morning on my blog, what if it's, what if Jack Campbell recovers or it's Montembeau in goal? And then what if you sign Ethan Bear and he really does a good job? He's a fine defenseman when he's healthy. And then maybe I, I, I mentioned James Hamblin who's playing very well. It doesn't have to be that guy. By the way, Jack Campbell played well again last night. Uh, 944 save percentage in his last three games. I think he probably gets a call up when they get back in action next Wednesday, I believe, against Carolina or Thursday, one of the two. Raphael Lavoie scored a gorgeous goal not long before the end of the game. And then Matvey Petrov scored, uh, just sniped one, gorgeous goal in the shootout. Lavoie also had one. Raphael Lavoie is NHL ready. I know people argue about it. He's, they, they're not playing him. There are things they want him to do better, and they brought him up for six games. Now he goes down. He works on those. He'll get back. He'll get another chance. Maybe he scores a goal. Maybe he stays for 14 games next time, and then the offseason comes, and maybe he makes the team next year. This is how it goes. Now, he's a year late because he had to go through waivers, but that is how it goes. If you did not read the Elliot Friedman 31 thoughts, uh, it was, I think it was 26, please do. He had some very interesting insight in Corey Perry there. And I've been arguing back and forth with people. I don't know why I argue. Because if you don't know media, you don't know media. But when, when, you, when you say, why won't the media say this out loud or report it? You have to confirm. If you are asking a media member to send out what he's heard... A salacious thing that what he's heard leaves him vulnerable and the company that he works for vulnerable. You're asking them to set themselves on fire. But it shows a lack of understanding about how media must work. You know, you could write it and the editor will not print it or put it online. You cannot report what is not known and then confirmed by a separate source. Did you ever watch All the President's Men? I yes, I have. Okay, do you remember in that movie where they had something but they couldn't get it confirmed, and so they had to call around? Could you please confirm? Could you please confirm? And then one dud man did. He confirmed it. Yes. And then they could roll with it, and then all hell broke loose, and then there was deep throat, <laughs> and on and on and on and on. Yeah, I was going to say then what happened? How'd well, that one end? Kissinger died, so I've been thinking a lot oh. about this. You know. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see the takes on. The passing of Henry Kissinger. That's a, keep that in mind, you kids out there. Uh, the Jets are 7-3-0 and on the last 10. And I'm thinking that, in all honesty, this is going to be a very tough test for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I picked them to lose in the shootout against Vegas. They won in the shootout. This is going to be a tough game. The Jets are good, and they're playing well, and they have not slowed down from the PLD trade. In fact... Despite injury, I think they look pretty damn good. 
They signed their goaler. They signed their other big guy. What the hell's going on in Winnipeg? It's called success. I know it's a crazy word. It's a crazy word. It's a crazy word. Anything you want to talk about today? I don't think so. I don't think so. It seems like a pretty light day. It's game day, of course, and and out of respect for the text line and for the listeners. They said, listen, Declan, if you're wrong, you got to stop making predictions. Oh. And, I, and you know what? I was wrong. Yeah, so but I got to eat it now. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't agree with that. No, you, let me be very clear. We need you to be outrageous and wrong like a lot. Because it makes you look better. No, it may, okay. it's funny. If yeah, I, it is pretty funny. Like, if I had the brains that God gave me, I would make a lot of mistakes too because people think that's funny too, but I forget how to make mistakes. Well, of course I'm not going to stop making predictions. I was thinking I might take one game hiatus, but I'm going to renege on that right now actually because I actually I think I've, I've seen the light and I think the Oil win this one 3-1. And I'm excited. It's game day. So you're picking them to win. I'm picking them to win 3-1. Kind of weak sauce because you got hell and now you're going the other way for the fan you know, base. But no, this is what happens. You, you're, you're presented with new evidence and you make inferences based on, based on what you've seen. And that's what happened with the win over Vegas. Moving into this one, playing, playing in Winnipeg. I like what's happening right now. I'm saying 3-1. I'm going to keep it simple. Two well, points for McDavid. Okay. I like it. I, I, I'm not going to make a prediction. I think it'll be a very tough game. Why wouldn't the Oilers try a different goalie coach? They've never had sustained good goaltending under Schwartz. It's not like he's a Hall of Fame coach. What would it hurt? Make a change and see what happens. I'll tell you what I'd do if I was Daryl Cates and I was Jeff Jackson and I was the management team. Because all of this stuff keeps going around and around and around. And people keep saying things that they can't possibly know. I would give him a lifetime contract. And I would sit him up in a great big gondola where, and the light would shine on him that was brighter than the lights on the ice. And that would be Dustin Schwartz. And that's why you do not want me to own a professional sports franchise in this town. Because that's called being petty, kids. You kids out there, don't be petty. No, sir. Do not. Okay. On the way, Sherwood Park Crusaders head coach Brennan Menard will join us, and he'll be part of our In the Community feature. Rachel Dory at 1240, and then Bag Milk at 1 o'clock, NHL Rumors later on. And you don't have any feature today at all? I don't. I don't. Uh, no, Thursdays are my day off. You know, Thursdays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and uh, all the other segments on Mondays and Fridays are my days off. have to start. You're in every one. You know how you're in every one? All work and life, we'll play, make two. I know. Text on a belt, all I'm, oil. I'm background Just noise. Typing. Like a, people said you were rage typing yesterday. It does sound like it. Like I listen, I'll listen back to the podcast and I will hear myself in the background. And it's it's something. But it's unavoidable. Like I have to. Unless There's I nothing to the can, desk over there. We couldn't put a spit guard up there. We couldn't get you a new keyboard. It's just a mystery what we could do. They got to put me in a different room. Sherwood Park Receders head coach Brennan Menard on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger. We just talked. We both best slept in today. We're kind of, we're here, but, you know, words are playthings to us. So stay tuned. Who knows what might happen? It's time for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. Christmas has arrived at United Sport and Cycle. Need something for an athlete or sports fan on your list? United has been your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. Wow. Impressive. Joined by Sherwood Park Crusaders head coach Brennan Menard. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. So second place, strong November, uh, spitting distance of Brooks, that's news. But you're a coach, and that means you do never, ever take a break in November, even if the pace slightly uh, lightens in December, where I know you don't have as many games. How does the team look, and what are you looking to improve here uh, as the season wears along? Yeah, I think right now we look uh, – I think we look good at times. So we've been dealing with some injuries. So and, and on one hand, there's some things that need to get better. But then on the, on the other hand, too, you have to give uh, the guys some credit as well because they're playing – you know, we're like they're in some close games. They got comeback wins, um, but yeah, we we obviously we've been missing some some good players. It's just a good thing that we have some other, you know, quite a few other good players on our team. One thing about, uh, and I mean, it's all over the AJHL, so you're not alone. But you are impressive in terms of players uh, getting placed in uh, various uh, universities or other uh, levels of of uh, of the game. Uh, and that's part and parcel of it when we're talking about in the community, young players, some of them from, you know, around here, uh, end up playing for the local ki- the local teams like in the AJHL, like Sherwood Park Crusaders, uh, and go on to university and, uh, to careers in the national hockey league or elsewhere. And it's a great stepping stone. And that really is part of it, right? Like it's, a, you're building players, but also b- building people. Yeah, it's, it's really important to us. Um, we, you know, like, obviously, like, just for example, like, we have Kale, Kale Doc on our team. He's, you know, 16 years old. He's going to, he's, uh, you know, like, a potential NHL prospect a year out from now. It's, uh, he's going to a good school. He's already made that uh, announcement. So we want to definitely, we want, like, the local guys, like you said, we want to help move them on. We want to be a stepping stone for them. And the development in the window of uh, um, in, in a career, it's just so small. Um, it's razor thin as well with, uh, you know, like mistakes. You have to do things a certain way, but before you know it, it's gone. So we like, we, we really, uh, it's important to us to try and help develop as many prospects as we can for school, for schools, good schools, NHL, would it have be? Um, yeah, that's something that we take a lot of pride in. It's something that we talk a lot about when we're talking about players for next year that we're recruiting right now. Some of the things that come up is like, our college is going to like him. Could he be an NHL prospect? Those are always things that we're talking about and it's important to us. You were quoted in an article from Lindsay Mori of the Sherwood Park, Strathcona County News, talking about two young players, uh, Ryder Ringor and, uh, uh, Ethan Murner, who have kind of stepped up here. So I'm asking maybe to talk about those two and specifically about those two, but then also about the idea of in-season t- players who get an opportunity through injury or whatever reason, uh, showing a spark and maybe making your team stronger as you head towards the playoffs. Yeah, Ringer, he's he's like he's uh, first over the boards on our penalty kill. He's got a real um, kind of a defensive acumen about him like he just sometimes you just get these players that just really like they understand the defensive side of the game really well but he has some offensive abilities as well like he makes nice passes and he has he can play with possession as well so he does he gets you know he's been really productive offensively as of late and it started to come like you said with uh, some guys going down he's always been really important to us he takes key face offs 
um, in the D zone. And like I say, on the penalty kill. And then Murner, he's 17 years old. And uh, he's another one. I He's really, really good on the penalty kill. Like maybe almost like a little bit naturally, it seems like these things just come easy to him. And so to help him, obviously, he, he he's really important to us in that as well. He can play center. He can play wing. He can play his off wing. If someone makes a mistake on the ice, he's able to read it kind of ahead of time. So he's just a really, really smart, like savvy type of player as well. And so he's been starting to be more productive as well. Over the course of the year, you start to see guys like take a sort of take a step. And it just felt like in the last, you know, 10 games or so they, those guys have, they really, they've started to really step up offensively and defensively for us. And, and that's what you need when you have guys get going, getting injured. And like, I mean, Murner's 17, when you bring him in, uh, or at least when we bring him in here at 17 years old, he's a young guy, but his development's important. Like we have to make him, make him better. And, you know, and, and like we, we take, uh, we take that personal a little bit with the job that we do on handling young players. And so um, it's not uh, by accident. He's obviously like he's already a committed player to college. So he's a good player in his own right as it stands, but I feel like he's really taken a step as well. Sports 1440, low down with low tide. We're in conversation with Sherwood Park Crusaders head coach Brennan Menard. Wanted to ask you as well about Ryan Zaremba, second place in rookie scoring in the league, obviously playing very well. Uh, and that's sort of a sign that, that, you know, every hockey season is about renewal, and he is off to a wonderful start. Yeah, another young player, 17 years old, in his first year of junior. He didn't play junior at 16. He was playing uh, U18. And um, so, yeah, he's. Like he's he's this kid can absolutely fly. He's got the puck on a string when he can handle it in and out of traffic, like between checks, one on two, one on three. He can he can do some pretty special things. He's going to Team Canada World Junior A, and I kind of as soon as I saw him for the first time, I was like, whoa, this guy has some serious ability here. Like just you watch him move, it's like he just absolutely can fly. So. Another guy that's really taken off and, you know, you don't want to say unexpected, you know, because anything can always happen, but definitely a nice surprise and just getting better all the time too. He just seems to, every time you watch him, like he, he can almost take a game over. He's, he's a threat at all times. He uh, didn't play last game and he won't play tomorrow, but he's been, you know, just another guy who's been a big part of our team. We've got a lot of young guys that have been, yeah. really uh, pushing it for us. Do you ever, back in the old days, I, I've heard many stories, uh, mostly from Paul Almeida, but from others as well, about, you know, you get a good young guy, you have him in practice four or five times, and then somebody's trying to drag him away. Do you, is it a little more constructed league-wise now in terms of, of, you know, trying to hawk players? Yeah, like, it, well, I mean, like the BCHL is, uh, like they're, you know, they're gone independent or whatever. So basically anything can happen. And, and, you know, for me, like if a guy wants to leave, then he wants to leave. If a guy wants to go to the USHL, like I'm not, I'm never a guy that's going to try and hold someone back personally. Like if, if, if that makes you happy, then, then, then I'm then I support it. And if, but if, if you want to stay here and my job is to make them better and, I, like it's not like I don't want them 
to leave if they do have dreams of going to the USHL. But I just view it as while they're here, this is like, this is obviously a good spot too. So my job is to help them become as good as they can be. If they decide later that they want to move on uh, because they're, you know, they're, they've accomplished what they wanted to here, then I'll be good with that. But at the same time, if you, if they want to stay, cause they're like, I just feel like how you, how we play our style of play is benefits me, how we run the day to day makes me a better player that maybe I might get somewhere else. I'm good with that too. It's just, it, so I've never really worried about guys leaving per se, but it's definitely a thing. Like they could, like they could really just leave at any time if they wanted to. It's uh, th- this is a. Um, uh... Brennan Menard, our guest, Sherwood Park Crusaders coach. I, uh, this is a question I, I, I have personally. Just I always wonder because I do track uh, prospects and I do follow them. And I, I have noticed there are sometimes where players uh, get to the AJHL at a certain age and maybe it's, it's a little later uh, and they might go to university, say, at 22 as opposed to 20 uh, or, or, or maybe a little bit delayed, but it benefits them. And, and I know that, that, you know, parents and, and, and whoever else is involved in making those decisions probably plan it that way. But it does speak to the idea that, that players don't develop in a straight line. And sometimes they physically don't develop in a straight line. And the AJHL, for me at least, is a, is a league that, one of the reasons why it's so popular is because it it does it is a little more inclusive. You do not have to be, for instance, a big burly guy who can do all kinds of damage physically to play in the league. You you can be a, maybe a little smaller, a little more skilled, and that is a that's a good thing for the league, obviously from a skill point of view. But it's clearly a good thing for the prospect. Yeah, like I think, I mean, every every philosophy is different. Like you would you definitely can't just go to every AJHL game and see that they haven't tried to pick as many big physical guys as possible um, because it definitely does happen. Some teams just build it that way. Uh, you know, a little old school, if, I guess, at times. But at the same time, like for us, like I think we're the smallest team in the league. And we don't really care how tall you are because if you're – or how old you are for that matter. Like, you know, we want – if if we think you're a good fit – for the style of play that we have, then, uh, then we want you to come here. And, you know, like Brooks is like, uh, has their own way too. for a lot of skill, really fast. Okotoks too, a lot of skill, really fast. So it's definitely a good, it's definitely good. If you're ready to play, uh, at a young age, like young, young talent, super exciting to work with. It's always fun. They just pick things up so fast and, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a good level. If you go to the right place, I've always said, like, it's about fit. Like if we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us, then it's a good match. But some of our players, they may not benefit from going to other places, just like other guys might have success on other teams and come here and not have success with us. I mean, we've had that happen this year. It's not, you know, it's not good or bad for the player. It just is what it is. And it comes down to fit. So it's always important to find, I think, the fit for you, the organization with how they play and how they practice and run the day-to-day. And so for us, like a lot of smaller guys that just really are obsessed with hockey, that's a good fit for us. Brennan, thanks for this. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Brennan Menard, Sherwood Park Crusaders coach. We know he's at the rink. You can always tell a rink interview. It's, there, it's, it's, there's a little bit of echo. 
and it's like he's in a big room, and it's good. It's good for for radio because it, it sounds more full. But I mean, he's probably there at eight o'clock, and he'll be there at nine o'clock tonight. Sports. If you're going to get into a coach or management job, it's twelve hours, which lets all media out of it. In the community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. United's been supporting hockey in our community for over 95 years. We heard uh, earlier this week on Tuesday that uh, Ken Hitchcock sold Bruce McCurdy his skates. Even gave him a little more support in the ankle. I mean, he didn't, you know, teach him how to skate, which probably, you know, would have been the next step, but, you know, Mr. Hitchcock was busy, and Bruce was a long shot. And we're glad that he, you know, ended up finding newspaper and print and the ability to write and report and remember. So there you go. So it's 10.35. It's 12.35. I just had a flashback to the old show. It's 12.35. Rachel Dory is going to be joining us. She's from Staff and Graph Podcast. Really brilliant insight uh, into hockey, and she's... And there's sometimes who, people who just see things a little differently, and she is definitely that. Uh, she talked this week about an offside rule that she'd like to hear change, and it, it's actually brilliant. Talked about what the Leafs might want to do, and I'm going to ask her about the orders and the goaltending situation because we're talking about goaltenders in other cities who might be better, but I think the key word is might. We'll talk to Rachel about you know how one might dig down and find the the, the real gem among all those rocks. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Uh, Madonna songs that you could play are Holiday, Lucky Star, that one where she has the clip of the ABBA song. There's a list? Yeah. And um, I like Like a Prayer and... We'll get into the groove. Into the Groove, great song. Of course. Yeah. That's our song. It kind of is. We sort of, you know, fast dance to that in the other room. Not good, but it's uh, we, nobody has that on video, right? Because we don't want that. Well, I do. But okay, well, that's I mean, just for me. That's just that's just you know for our personal use. All right, we're now joined by Rachel Dory, staff and graph podcast and famous everywhere. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me back, guys. How have you been? Good. You're going to be a regular on Monday, starting next Monday. But we wanted to have you on this week because. I want to know where did your model? I was I, a buddy of mine said where's that thing I had suggested that he look at it. He say where did it go? And I'm like I don't know. So I'm asking you where did it go? Where are you going with your model? Because I think people like it. Yeah. So I made the business decision to take it off the hockey news just for a number of reasons, and the probably the biggest reason is because I in probably not my right mindset decided I was going to make a website slash mobile application for like iOS and Android where people could actually view it and sort through it, um, build sort of their own bets. So there's going to be an analysis component of it, similar to sites like evolving hockey, um, Domless Chision with the athletic, but then there's also going to be a betting component to it where it's going to tell you kind of what the most likely things are, what the expected overs and unders are things like that so i've I've kind of taken it in-house um because i am building this application and i didn't want it floating around the internet while i was doing that so i'm in the process of doing that and i've i've decided kind of as i build it i'm gonna make some more stuff public and just kind of post it on my twitter so 
that's where you'll have to find it until I launch the application. So, so like, it sounds exciting, but it sounds daunting. Have you, like, did you think this through? I... So I did think it through. I just, I didn't realize, because I know how to code, which is how I ended up with the models. I didn't realize that there's such a difference between coding applications and coding models. So the website is 100% going to be launched before the application. And I've actually had to hire somebody to do the application side of things because I, there is not enough time in the day to learn how to do that <laughs> while also simultaneously upkeeping the NBA, NFL, and NHL models. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you and I get that because you you are uh, you 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 see the game a little differently, and that's a good thing. So you've got a great analytic mind, and the math obviously follows. But one of the things that I'm really looking forward to talking to you about weekly are things like what you said in regard to a Mike Kelly tweet. He talked about the the Kings were down two one halfway through the third period. They got a goal called back on an offside challenge. Sixty four seconds before the goal, there was a there was a offensive zone sequence by LA and it ended up going back and then you said, quoting your tweet, 6% of the period was played between the time of the offside and the goal. The rule has to change. If it isn't a direct result of the entry or the defending team gains possession at any point, nullifies a review. Something has to give. I agree with you, but the the NHL is like an established church. Things take a long time. Your, 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 your tweet was correct and the the mike kelly tweet was absolutely correct i think intellectually we understand that and we have gone way too far with the offside anyway but how do you how do you crawl back or claw back when you have an unwilling group of 32 who basically have a monopoly on the league yeah it's tough um i look at a similar scenario in soccer where um with var right? The the stipulation is it has to be clear and obvious. Okay, well, if we're taking four minutes to review something, it is obviously not clear and obvious. So let's just move right along. We don't need to be getting out a magnifying glass for things. The reason that offside became reviewable is because of the Matt Duchesne absolutely egregious offside. That, by definition, would be clear and obvious, and it directly resulted in a goal. It was a breakaway that he subsequently scored on. Okay, well, if 6% of a period is played, there are so many instances that if like, to me, I look at it and I, I say, if the defending team touches the puck, that's it because that's their opportunity to clear it. And if you can't clear it, that is your own problem. The other thing, and I probably think this might be the, the easiest way to go about it is you take away the ability to challenge offside and you just say, we're going to review every goal that's scored. And if it's not clear and obvious immediately on the entry, we're going to let it stand. Because what we don't need is people taking out magnifying glasses and trying to use a parallax angle and this and that and the other. It's just, it's a complete waste of time. It elongates games and it's incredibly frustrating. And yeah, I mean, I get why people want it, but at the end of the day, this rule wasn't made for that. It was made for the Matt Duchesne level offside, which can be seen with the naked eye in the situation room. So I say we leave it there. I agree. And this is why my my overlapping point is we end up with, with officials making up rules on the fly. I'll use the Kale McCarr goal in the, the playoffs uh, um, two years ago as an example. The the We're parsing the blue line to the point where it has become the game and the game of hockey is suffering because of it. And and even the the learned people who've watched the game for years 
I have a hard time with some of the, the nuance and the wrinkles because they're adding the, the rules themselves, if you read them, are vague enough that you can shoehorn damn near anything into it. And I think that's part of the game. But your solution, which I really like the, the one where, where you just, every goal is going to be reviewed and not, it can't, you know, you can get mad as hell all you want, but it's going to be reviewed. And if it's not obvious, that works because it takes control out of the on ice officials. And I think they've got enough work to do. Yeah, there's, they can barely manage to call consistent penalties. Not even manage. They don't call consistent penalties. Who are we kidding here? So I think you have Chris King and then whoever replaced Mike Murphy. I don't have the name off the top of my head. Who are consistently in the situation room every single night. They're the guys that see every goal go in. Every goal is subject to review. If we can't tell that it's clear and obvious within 10 seconds, by the time basically they hug, the goal horn goes off, and they go by the bench, then the goal stands kind of thing. Because I think that this... This whole charade with, I mean, we have to change the blue line. Now it's like up and down to the ceiling and we've got to do like <laughs> reviews for this and reviewing if the netting and all that, like there's so many things and you just lose people. Like imagine trying to explain to somebody who's new to the game that last night. Well, that play had nothing to do with the actual goal that was scored. That would be the equivalent of like in the NFL, if the ref missed a penalty at like the 40 yard line. And then like three plays later at the 10 yard line, they scored a touchdown. They're like, Oh, hang on. That actually doesn't count because we missed something over there. And it's like, come on guys, like just take it out of their hands. There's enough going on. They can't even manage what is on the ice right now. So let's not add anything else. Rachel Dory, our guest from Staff and Graph podcast, as we continue Rachel doing my prep and me just reading her tweets yesterday, you talked about the Leafs should sign Ethan Bear, reduce the number of assets they need to trade to acquire NHL-capable defensemen, and remove any potential of an asset overpayment. This, I think Ethan Bear is like in a really sweet spot. He probably should have a few teams looking for him because if he's healthy, he's a free defenseman who can play and won't cost a lot because he wants to show what he can do. And in a high-profile market like Toronto, that makes complete sense. To, to me, this is a... This is a real no-brainer. The I, I think if Kyle Dubas was there, it would have a better chance to happen. But Bear, Bearford in Toronto is a really good idea based on what they're looking at right now. Well, if you look at it right now, they just announced that Mark Giordano's out week to week with a broken finger. Their top six defensemen hurts my feelings. It's Riley Brody, William Loggison, and Jake McCabe, Simone Benoit and Connor Timmins, and then Max Lajoie is the seventh. There are, by my count, three NHL defensemen in the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup. And for a team that is supposed to be contending for the Stanley Cup, that is very not going to cut it. And if you look at Ethan Bear, even when the Leafs are healthy, there's an argument to be made. I mean, I saw Ethan Bear a lot. He was somebody that I virtually begged the Canucks to acquire when I was there. And, I mean, they actually eventually ended up doing it. But you look at it, he's arguably better than – defensemen that they have when they're healthy like Ethan Bear is he can play spot duty in a top four role and he most certainly is a better bottom pairing defenseman than almost any NHL defenseman in the league and so when you look at this he's going to want to go to a situation where he's going to get to play immediately he's not really going to have to fight for his lineup spot and Toronto is that he becomes immediately their fourth best defenseman right now given health and even after that and so when you look at somebody like Ethan Bear you can get that guy for free and not pay for Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov, whomever Matt Dumba you would have to pay for. I think that there's 
probably an increased market for him now because of the injuries. He might be able to command more than the 800 some odd thousand dollars, but he's not going to command more than a variable salary of like 1.125. And so I think that's a scenario where if you're the least, you can offer a pretty good situation in terms of not only playing time and the opportunity to get in and really show what you want for a longer term contract going into next year, but also you're playing on a contender. Right. Yeah, exactly. Rachel Dory, our guest staff and graph podcast on sports 1440. Okay. Here's the one. The Oilers are looking for a goaltender, uh, either uh, like a backup or a 1B to Stuart Skinner. Jack Campbell has had three good starts, 944 save percentage in the last three games. But for over a year now, he's been not trustworthy, and there's a little danger there. So they were watching, they had scouts watching the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Montreal Canadiens last night. That's Elvis uh, and also Montembois. But maybe it's another goaltender in, in one or the other system. How do you, what are the odds that you're going to pick a guy from another system who's going to be superior? Because it feels like there's a, a, a few top end goalies, there's a large pool of reasonable starters, and then it's kind of, you know, different shades of gray. Is there any way to drill down on NHL goaltenders or minor league goaltenders and, and at least improve the odds of getting a guy? Yeah, I think if you're in the Oilers position, you can ill afford to be spending assets on mediocre maybes, is what I like to call them, in goal. Goaltending has been a problem in Edmonton for as long as I can remember. And if you you owe it to those players, specifically now that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are producing at the clip that they're producing at, Connor McDavid is well on his way to another Art Ross if this keeps up. And there's no reason to think that it shouldn't because he's just, he's producing and it's pretty sustainable. I think if you're the Oilers and you're making a trade for a goaltender, it needs to be a bona fide one. If you're going to expend any assets at all, you need to be getting somebody like UC Soros. You cannot be going out and getting a middle of the pack goaltender because you don't know if they're going to be a better option than Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. And then if you've done that, you've hamstrung your ability to use those assets to potentially acquire something for in front of them. And so I think if you're going to expend any assets on a goaltender, if you're Edmonton, it's got to be you're expending the big one, which means the first round pick and Xavier Borgo and probably something else. And you're getting a bona fide starter. Now, of course they could have avoided this by just simply drafting yes for Volstead a couple of years ago, but he's not going to be up for sale. I, I think if you look at this, um, there's a scenario here where, I think they go after Marc-Andre Fleury. I wouldn't be surprised. That's probably not the player that I would go after. I think they need to aim a lot higher here. And if they're going to expend any assets at all, it's got to be Soros or somebody of that ilk. Otherwise, just stick with the status quo at this point because there's no guarantee that you're going to get anything better. And at least if you don't spend, you still have those assets to spend on something else. Marc-Andre Fleury, eh? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a good year and I, it's you can tell it's kind of rocky in Minnesota right now. And I think that that's just – I don't say it because I think it's a good idea. I say it because it's something I just – it's a name that I just keep hearing. Yeah, and uh, his last good year was, was with Vegas in 2021. Like, the, you know, it, nothing against him, but he's not, a, he's not a difference maker, as you say. Exactly. And I – like, let's let's call it what it is here. Minnesota is the seventh-best defensive team in the NHL. If Marc-Andre Fleury 
as a sub 900 save percentage behind that, what on God's green earth would you think that he would have behind the Edmonton Oilers defense, who is really not the seventh best defensive team in the NHL? Rachel Dory, you rock. We'll talk to you Monday. Sounds good. All right. Rachel Dory, staff and graph podcast, our newest regular on the show. Joining Declan, Bruce McCurdy, and Bag Milk, who's coming up next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, 14 games in the NHL tonight, including the Edmonton Oilers in action on the road. Puck drop for that one against the Jets at 6 p.m. Before all that, it gets going with five games at 5 o'clock, including the Sharks and the Bruins and the Kraken and Maple Leafs. And NHL injury news, Ottawa Senators defenseman Thomas Shabbat is slated to return to the lineup on Friday, and Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Mark Giordano is week-to-week with a broken finger. Nine games in the NBA today. It all gets going with the Blazers in Cleveland versus the Cavs at 5 p.m. And an NFL news, an arrest warrant has been issued for in Dallas for Buffalo Bills player Vaughn Miller. He allegedly assaulted a pregnant woman. The Arizona Cardinals have waived tight end Zach Ertz today. The team announced sources confirmed that Arizona and Zach Ertz were mutually parting ways to give him a chance to finish the season elsewhere. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.